Welcome to the New Books Network. Welcome to SEAC Stories, brought to you by the Sydney Southeast Asia Centre at the University of Sydney. This podcast tells the stories of our members. Hello, I'm Shara Dibley from the Sydney Southeast Asia Centre. Over the next few weeks, I'll be hosting a new mini-series for SEAC Stories on research partnerships in Southeast Asia. You'll be hearing from Jenny Ann Taribio, who's talking about a 10-year research collaboration that she's had uh, with the Ministry of Agriculture and Forestry in Timor-Leste. Michael Dibley from International Public Health, talking about a large-scale study he did in collaboration with two universities in Myanmar. Jeff Nielsen will be talking about a new project that he's had to establish in the midst of the pandemic in Vietnam. Fiona Lee shares with us a rather unusual project about a collaboration with a design archive. And we wrap up with SEAC's very own Elizabeth Kramer, talking about her experiences working with her collaborator in Indonesia. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our first guest, Associate Professor Jenny Ann Taribio, a veterinary epidemiologist based in the Sydney School of Veterinary Science here at the University of Sydney. Jenny Ann has had a long-standing interest in Southeast Asia, completing her PhD investigating smallholder pig management production and health in the Philippines. Um, and since then, she's gone on to do applied research on biosecurity, emergency animal diseases and zoonoses in Australia, but also in Indonesia, the Philippines and Timor. Um, welcome, Jenny Ann. Thank you very much, Dushara. So, Jenny Ann, we'll be discussing one of the partnerships that you've had in relation to your project in Timor. But before we talk about that, I just wanted to check, are research partnerships the norm in veterinary epidemiology or are you a bit of an outlier in your approach? Partnerships are essential, whether it's within Australia or in other countries, because we need to be able to integrate with the agencies that are providing services to farmers and also we need to be able to partner with the farmers and their communities as well. So it's common within this, within this discipline, do you know roughly how many veterinary epidemiologists work in Southeast Asia here in Australia? So within each of the veterinary schools, so we have about eight veterinary schools and of those probably six or so would have a veterinary epidemiologist um, that is working in applied research and probably about five of them would have research in the region. That's Asia or the Pacific. Okay, great. So that gives us a picture of it's not a huge pool of people who are doing this work in Southeast Asia. Um, so what are your, I guess, your personal philosophies and principles related to collaboration, particularly in Southeast Asia, because that's where a lot of your work has been? So I think some keys to these partnerships are respect and understanding of the context and the constraints in which our collaborators or our colleagues are working under. That's important. And it does take time often to develop that level of trust and understanding that will enable a research project to be successful. And would these same principles apply whether you're working in Australia or Southeast Asia or they apply in Australia as well, except that living here and being part of the industry through your training, you have a much greater understanding of the, you know, the industry associations and how they function and the sort of constraints that farmers here are working under. So, I mean, that leads nicely to talking about your partnership with the Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries in Timor-Leste. Now, I understand you've worked with them for about 10 years now. Um, so even though you're not based in or from Timor, you have had this extended relationship. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about how the relationship started? 
So the relationship started through an Australian-funded research project that was focused on eastern Indonesia, actually. And of course, Nusik Tenggara Timor province includes West Timor, which is half of Timor Island, and Timor-Leste is the eastern end of that island. And with any sort of animal disease, any movement of animals across a border is going to mean that the disease is a problem in both, both sides of that island, West Timor and Timor-Leste. So as part of the, the work within um, eastern Indonesia, we invited people from the Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries in Timor to attend workshops that were held in Kupang and um, then to look at facilitating control, joint control approaches to diseases such as bovine brucellosis and classical swine fever in pigs. We looked at conducting a small research activity where the Indonesians were helping to build capacity amongst the Timorese counterparts and did that as a small activity to see how it would work in effect. And the Timor-Leste team did a, a great job. The Indonesians played some particular roles in the capacity building and the assistance of testing of samples that were collected. And that really showed that that collaboration was possible to get quality research data and it also fostered relationships that then we were able to extend that collaboration throughout the next decade. And so over that, over that time, were there particular people in the ministry that you were working with or was it a relationship with the ministry and the individual people changed over time? So often in government agencies, there will be changes to people within roles and that, that happens in every government system. Um, in Timor, there have been some changes to the people within positions within the Ministry of Agriculture related to livestock production and livestock health. But in relation to veterinarians within Timor-Leste, there are a very small number of veterinarians. So it's under 20 now, and it was kind of under 10 if we go back 10 years ago. So those people have basically remained some of them have gone to study and one of them actually came here to the University of Sydney to study for a period. But the people have remained fairly consistent, though their roles and responsibilities have changed somewhat over that period of time. So this is really an institutional relationship? Yes. And over the years, what input has the Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries had into the design of subsequent projects that you've worked on together? So for the Australian Centre for International Agricultural Research, um, which is a major funder of R&D for livestock or for agriculture within the region, they actually look at understanding what the partner country's priorities are. So some of the feedback coming to researchers, Australian researchers with interest, is coming through ACR through those country priorities that have come from the actual country. So if we think about Timor-Leste, then listening to what Timor-Leste MAF are saying to ACR, meeting with people within MAF themselves and hearing their priorities for research in relation to livestock, what species, what diseases, what concerns, that very much needs to direct the focus of your research in order for it to be relevant. So that's a great example of how... Um the relationship between the donor organisation and the institution that eventually became your partner can actually help facilitate that relationship by sort of doing some of that groundwork and finding out what needs to go on. 
Well, maybe we could talk a little bit about the role of ACR. And aside from working with math to identify the priorities for Timor, are there other ways that working in partnership with math, with ACR as a donor, has shaped that relationship? So because ACR funds research across the variety of agricultural activities, you know, from forestry to fisheries to crops and horticulture through to animals, within systems where many farmers are running a mixed farming system, it actually does help those relationships say there's clearly a link for pigs in terms of what pigs eat to what people are actually growing. So are they growing corn or are they growing, what are they growing? Because that becomes part of the byproducts that are available to improve the nutrition of the pigs or the cattle. So having ACR have that viewpoint, that kind of farming systems viewpoint, actually is beneficial because it develops relationships between researchers working on different commodities in effect or different in different value chains that can be helpful. Are there any challenges with having a donor involved in a relationship? There are challenges um, at points and some of that comes back actually to things like DFAT policy. So the Australian government may be thinking that during this period of time it wishes to help particular regions and not so much in other regions and that can mean that the funding coming through or the, the priority that is given to particular countries or particular types of commodities is in some way directed by the Australian government preference and, and that filters down to ACR as well and then. And how have you managed that in projects you've done As researchers, I think we have things that we feel very passionate about. Um, And whether that's the topic of interest, like your research focus, or whether it's a country and a context where you can see there's a great level of need. Um, And that that does link through to my relationship somewhat with Timor, um, because I see as a young country with few human resources as well, that there's a lot of need for capacity building and a lot of support that is needed. And so though uh, at points in time over the last decade, actually the funding flow from ACR has not been forthcoming because they've been thinking through what their priorities are and things, I have looked to source small amounts of funds that would enable facilitation of a small level of ongoing research activity. That would enable the relationship with counterparts in math to remain strong, even though we might be waiting for the outcome of the larger research proposal, for example. At least if there's some funding that I can secure from through other agencies that will enable some ongoing capacity building short courses or small research activities to be ongoing. And I'm very thankful that there are a number of other Australian collaborators, researchers in different disciplines that have a similar level of passion to help support Timor. And so through our collaboration and working with, um, you know, well-known collaborators in Timor, then we've been able to continue a level of activity, you know, even during periods where the larger sources of funds were, were not forthcoming. So, I mean, speaking of challenges and continuing relationships, now is a really difficult time to be working with people outside of Australia with the travel restrictions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. How are you negotiating your relationship with MAF during this time? So, in many ways, I actually think it has provided 
the Timorese with a level of responsibility and the ability to take initiative that is different from what would normally be happening. And that's a very positive thing. It's actually meant that they have needed to take ownership and take direction of activities in a way that they may not have otherwise. And yes, there have been communication difficulties. So we've all needed to be a lot more flexible and trying different options to, you know, to get communication, get discussion happening and enabling decision-making processes to, to occur. But they have found... They have found some solutions to that, you know, just more accessibility through WhatsApp and different options and they have looked to engage perhaps with other researchers or other people within Timor themselves uh, where they've realised perhaps they don't, they don't have that level of knowledge or they don't have those skills and they've gone looking within their own you know, within their own country to find people with those skills. And so it's brought people into the research team actually for our current work that we probably wouldn't have um, otherwise. Um, could you give a maybe a specific example of, of this? So we've, we, needed to, we needed to conduct focus group discussions with farmers and also with paraveterinarians in three parts of Timor. And the idea originally had been that an Australian social scientist would actually go and participate in the conduct of those focus group discussions and key informant interviews. And, and of course, that wasn't able to happen. So it meant that um, our Timorese project manager, in effect, went out to look for, for someone within Timor with that sort of research experience. And um, we were able to find one lady who has worked in gender issues and not livestock, let's put it that way, gender issues and education and things, but well experienced with the research methodology. And she was able to partner with our two Timorese livestock veterinarian colleagues and together they became a team of three that were able to go and conduct these focus groups and key informant interviews and um, that was delightful to see. And a lot of that, yes, they've had Zoom meetings and guidance and discussions around the questions and how you conduct things. But um, it was their, their teamwork that got the fieldwork done this year. That's amazing. What a great story. So one of the conversations we've been having here at SEAC with our researchers is for those people who are setting out to do research in a country for the first time. So we have some researchers who are looking to work in Timor for the first time. They've never been there. They haven't met people, done all that relationship work. Is it possible, do you think, to, to form collaborations at this time? You know, what would your tips and suggestions be for people looking for partnerships at this point? It is challenging. Uh, particularly in societies where people form relationships much more through, you know, in-person interaction and some interaction that's not work-focused, you know, not work-focused interaction. Um, and many of the countries in Southeast Asia, that is part of how you build relationships. So I, I think there are aspects to which it is more difficult. Um, ways to go forward, I think, um, would be to identify key people within country that you can connect with that can perhaps provide introductions to colleagues within your discipline or your area of focus. And that may be able to occur through connections uh, through the university, um, UNTL, or 
through the government agencies. It may be that there are University of Sydney graduates back in Timor-Leste that can help provide those introductions or perhaps provide some discussion around the setting in relation to your discipline within Timor to help you understand the setting better, whether that's, say, within the education system or within the health system, whatever it may be. So it's really about using existing networks and tapping into networks in Timor or wherever it is that people are looking to build their relationships. So, I mean, your relationship with MAF, um, the Ministry of Agriculture and Forestries in Timor-Leste, is not just your relationship, is it? You're working with other institutions within Australia uh, on this project. Did you want to talk a little bit about uh, who they are and their role in, in this research? So there are relationships amongst pig folk within Australia. So researchers and extension workers who have a passion around pigs and a passion for pigs within the smallholder context or the subsistence farming context. And that includes um, pig veterinarians, such as a colleague at the University of Queensland. It includes um, people who've worked a lot on nutrition and developing diets, utilising non-standard commodities, such as within South Australia. And also um, people who have social science or agricultural extension expertise that particular interest in relation to livestock from Charles Sturt University. That's a great network and also excellent for the Ministry of Agriculture and Fisheries to be able to tap into this wide network of expertise here in Australia. Just a reminder, if you're interested in learning more about any of these projects, visit our archives where we have episodes that go into further details. You've been listening to SEAC Stories, brought to you by the Sydney Southeast Asia Centre at the University of Sydney. Make sure to keep up with all our SEAC Stories podcasts by following us on your favourite podcasting app. If you like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. Every positive review helps new listeners find the show. And of course, let your friends know about us on social media.